0: Verdiener und Flüchtlinge gegeneinander ausspielen. So sieht es auch der Sozialverband. December 31st, 2021. The host of Death by DVD was murdered. Following his brutal death, the investigation would open up a box. What's in the fucking box? A box of pure evil. MYSTERY! Mayhem, Betrayal, Robots, and more have filled our ears these last few weeks. But all things must end. This is the end. This is Who Shot Hank? Part 5. The Finale. On the last episode, we left with our heroes, Lieutenant Magelli and Harry Scott Sullivan, trapped inside Death by DVD Studios with a hive of living wires blocking their exit. With no way out and an eerie whistling approaching, we can only expect. Doom. This begins the end.
1: The whistling grew louder as it approached. The top floor of Death by DVD Studios was pretty basic. You came in through the front doors, and dead ahead was an elevator. Tucked away on the right side near the elevator was the supply closet that Magelli and I were standing outside of. Behind the elevators was a horseshoe-shaped hallway that just arched around the elevator and led you back to where you started. There were three exits on all sides, but they were all blocked by the writhing wires. They almost seemed organic, pulsating with some sort of electrical life. If you got close enough to one, it would squirm away from you, almost afraid. The whistling was coming from the left. I was clutching Lieutenant Magelli's overcoat, the both of us frozen. We should have been running. The elevator, seemingly the only place we had to go. But we were both muted in terror. Though the whistling surely could only mean doom, what was happening to the right of us is what kept us from moving. What I can only describe as a spider, made of cords and wires, jagged pieces of metal slowly crept forward from the corner of the room. Slithering snake-like wires following it like an entourage. The mechanical spider moved closer, almost like it was unaware of our presence. I slowly looked at Magelli, who had bitten down so hard on his cigar that it had snapped right in half.
2: I try not to curse very often. But what in the flippity fuckity is that?
1: Why the fuck are you asking me? Why would I know? I'm standing right here with you.
2: How would I possibly know? Well, it's your twin cousin that's got this whole mess going. Which, by the way, what is that? What what is a twin cousin? It's
1: exactly what it sounds like—a twin cousin.
2: Yeah, but how? How does that work? Identical twin cousins? God damn it, Majelly! Now is not the time.
1: My voice echoed across the room, and suddenly the whistling stopped, and so did the spider. The metal monster reared back and let out a strange chord that almost sounded like a whimper. The crowd of wires surrounding it all jerked back and posed themselves like cobras preparing to attack, sparks suddenly shooting from their tips.
2: All right, we got six shots left in this thing. One went through, I, Alexander Nash, and I say we use the same method and blast our way out.
1: I opened my mouth to speak, but was cut off by the roar of the bodiless voice that had told us there was no escape. Like before, the sound didn't just fill the room, but it filled our bodies. The hair on your head began to stand, and it was like the sound was coming from all over. It was even inside our heads, like the source began there and spilled out of our ears into the world.
0: HARM NOT THE SPIDER OR FACE IMMEDIATE DEATH
1: There was no sound. The eerie mechanical buzzing had stopped. The echo of the machines, the pulsating of the walls, the writhing of the wires. It was silent.
3: Magelli was standing with the shotgun aimed at the spider.
1: I raised my arm and lowered the barrel. We both were holding our breaths don't fucking
3: move that's a good boy go on get it good boy (laughs) spot
1: Slowly, the room began to fill with digital life once more. The spider began creeping forward, toward us, like an eight legged St. Patrick leading a pack of wire serpents. As the voice spoke, the spider would coo and its pace would quicken, moving like a child and excitedly right toward us. It almost seemed to be skipping. The spider was right on us when the jelly shouted out what he presumed to be his final words.
2: Oh God, this is the end!
1: But then, as the spider approached us, it turned. It chirped little sounds as it passed us, totally unbothered by our presence once more. The mechanical monster approached the body of Alexander Nash, which every few moments would draw in breath and sputter out blood. The sparking-wire bodyguards stopped at the supply closet's door and all of them crowded together. It seemed like they were somehow watching the strange event just as Magelly and I were. The robot spider circled the body of Alexander Nash, tutting little sounds to itself, and then turned and began to eject a web, which shockingly, if anything could be shocking at this point, looked natural. Thick and white, like that of a black widow, instantly sticking to Alexander Nash's legs and feet.
2: I've seen weird things come. And I've seen weird things go. But this takes the cake.
1: Magelli. Look, we gotta make a run for it.
2: Where could we possibly go?
1: On the count of three, just trust me. Follow me. We gotta get to the elevator.
2: Where, are we going in an elevator?
1: Down. We're going down. The spider had covered Alexander Nash's legs and feet with thick white web and had begun to drag the body away from us. Some of the wires that accompanied wrapping themselves around his wrists to assist.
2: Do you think it's gonna eat him? One. Huh? Two. Oh yeah, the counting thing.
1: Three. I took off for the elevator and could hear Magelli grunting along (coughs) behind me. (coughs) There was no time to look back, but I truly did wonder what the spider was going to do with I. Alexander Nash. I made it to the elevator and slapped the button and jerked my head around to see the spider now up on the wall, the hive of wires having formed an opening, the spider dragging I. Alexander Nash's body into it. By the time the elevator door slowly rolled open, I, Alexander Nash, was gone, as well as the spider into the wall. Death by DVD Studios only had two floors. The first floor, and then down. Down, 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 down. One mile below the Earth's surface. We built Death by DVD studios on top of an abandoned nuclear missile silo on top of the Blue Crystal Sunshine Mountains in any town, USA. We thought it was the perfect location. Hank, the world's greatest, of course, was the one who discovered it and insisted we move the show's recording to that location. He said it was for the acoustics. Little did we know. I patted around my jacket for a cigarette, and found I only have one left. Great.
2: One cigarette. You know, smoking is really bad for you.
1: You have had a lit cigar in your mouth from the moment I have met you. What the fuck are you
2: talking about? You have a cigar in your mouth right now! Cigarettes and cigars are totally different you're a clown
1: I lit my last cigarette and leaned up against the elevator's wall and looked up to the security camera in the corner it was watching us I had a strong idea of what it may be but all I could say for sure was that it was watching us
2: So this elevator has got to stop at some point. What happens then, Mr. Cranky? When it stops, we find the book. What book? Oh, oh, the book Jay Willie left the glove pointing at. Yeah, right, right, right. And what do you mean by when?
1: Oh, fuck. See, this is why you shouldn't have left. Now, you don't know anything, and you sound like you're a child trying to figure out what's going on. I fucking told you not to leave. Ugh. All right, uh, so, look, uh, man,
2: you know, you, you really missed a lot when you left. Jay Willie just kind of laid it all down and- Well, can't you just give me an abridged version? I was. I was. I just was. That's exactly what I was doing. God. Damn, talking to
1: you is like being stuck in a fucking Robert Altman movie. Just,
2: just fucking stand there, be quiet, and I'll tell you the whole thing. How the hell long is this elevator ride gonna be?
1: The recording studio is one mile below the earth. We got about a 12-minute ride ahead of us. But, before I say anything... We gotta do something about that camera up there in the corner.
2: We were on an express elevator to Hill, going down. I looked up to the corner of the elevator and saw a tiny little security camera moving back and forth between me and Harry Scott. I slammed the butt of the shotgun right into the little sucker and it broke apart into a million pieces, raining down onto the floor. Well, that's that. Now, cough it up, what's this all about? I stood with my cigar in hand, shotgun on shoulder, listening to the tale Harry Scott told. I've heard weird things come, and I've heard weird things go, but this took the cake.
1: It all started with a simple show, Death by DVD, when watching is never enough. Hank the World's Greatest and I, Alexander Nash set out in 2009 to create a show that would open up new worlds to people, introduce them to movies they otherwise might have never considered, show the world that horror ain't that bad. But something, somewhere, along the way, something, just went wrong. Shortly after the show premiered in 2009, Hank the World's Greatest went missing. We began replacing him with actors shortly after that.
2: I know this part! Can we fast-forward it a little?
1: I'm gonna put this cigarette out in your goddamn eye if you don't shut the fuck up. The actors... wouldn't last. They all became afflicted... with a... with an ailment. They all... they all just became evil. They went insane. It didn't matter, time and time again we would have to hire someone new and after about five months in, they would begin to change. A mild-mannered actor would become an absolute psychopath, loaded on hate and PCP. There was just no explanation, we just, we just called it a curse, man. What other reasoning would there be? It, it, it just, it was all just so insane. One day you would be working with someone, and the next day they would come in and they would just be this rabid animal, an entirely different person. We had to use the program that Hank the World's Greatest had created, HostBot9000. But it turned on us, as you know. I, Alexander Nash, refused from that point to even record at Death by DVD Studios, so it was just... It was just me and whomever was playing Hank at the time.
2: Well, what about Mary Sparrow?
1: My mom? What about her?
2: Where was she during all this?
1: She rarely spent time in the studio. It creeped her out, and uh, you know, of course, the twelve-minute elevator ride. She had her own office. She did her own stuff.
2: But somehow, some way, she became a robot
1: if that was even her I mean I'm hoping it wasn't I I don't know Majeli I just don't know
2: I didn't know what to say. I hoped for Harry Scott's sake that his mother wasn't a robot, but at the rate of how things were happening around here, I wasn't holding my breath. So every actor to play Hank the world's greatest. They went insane.
1: Yeah, yeah, they became goddamn monsters. The whole crew quit, all the editors, the sound techs, it was just me and the Hanks. One would come, one would go, but it was all the same. Things would be fine for a while, and then shit hit the fan. They almost seemed to lose their humanity. I just thought it was the pressure of the role, getting into character, becoming Hank the world's greatest. I lied to myself. I convinced myself that's all it was, and then... and then suddenly suddenly that the new hank gets murdered on new year's eve i was almost relieved i thought it may be over but
2: magelli this was all a plan this whole thing we're just pawns in a big game shame it's not backgammon i'm great at backgammon
1: magelli i don't
2: think we're going to make it out of
1: this hank hank the world's greatest he managed to tap into pure evil using a spell from an ancient tome bound in human flesh inscribed in the blood of man the necronomicon he created his program it's not just ones and zeros it's pure evil Older than time, Hank managed to put his being, his, his essence into that of the machines. It's rendered his human body useless and comatose, but it shot him into a whole new universe. A whole new world of information. He became part of the unknown, and through this, he was able to learn. Loin
2: what?
1: Everything absolutely everything. With free will and his own consciousness after placing himself into the metaverse he had the opportunity to learn all information. Everything. I mean, think of it. What isn't online? All of history, everything at his fingertips. He was already clearly insane and evil before giving up his body, but now having all of this available, it pushed him past the brink of crazy. There isn't even words, just just absolute pure motherfucking evil. Terror. I think... I think, I think Hank the world's greatest believes he's a god.
2: When man becomes god, is he less of a man? With all that knowledge, all that power, if Hank, Hank the world's greatest, if he became a god, does it still make him any less of a man? He still must have a weakness.
1: You profound son of a bitch. You're onto something, and I think I just may know what his weakness is. Wait until you hear this. The book, the book J. Welly left the blue velvet glove pointing towards. It was Hank the World's Greatest Journal, his program codes, all his prep work. Jay Willie took a bunch of photos of the pages of the journal and I was reading them and I think, I think what the curse of Hank really is, or was, was failed viruses. You see, he created this virus, the Hank virus, and it infects you when you download it like a, like a computer virus, but for your brain. It wipes your brain clean and installs its own software pretty much, one controlled by Hank the World's Greatest. I think he was testing the virus on all the actors who played Hank, but the codes were unstable. I'm not following you here. He never really got the recipe down. I think... He was trying to make his own army of slaves with the virus, but it never really worked out right. It just caused chaos. It must have something to do with the Necronomicon. I think that's what all these robots are. I think he gave up on the virus and started making robots instead.
2: Jay Willie, the host of Jay Willie Super Sounds of the 80s, North America's most popular 1980s FM radio program, turned out to be a robot. How much of the information from him can we even rely on? The pictures of the book that you saw, they could have been faked.
1: Yeah, well, what else do we have to rely on?
2: We are taking an elevator to the bottom of an abandoned nuclear missile silo. I would like to rely on more than that. Well, we may have had more to work with if you hadn't shot Alexander Nash. Well, I did. And then a spider took him into the wall and now we are in an elevator. So what now?
1: I think if we can find the book, we can find a way to stop this.
2: Which book? What do you mean, which book? There's only one book! Nah, you said he used the naked Comic-Con and then he wrote a journal.
1: (gasps) You're right. Then both. We look for both books. One of them must have an answer. All we have are hunches.
2: Do you think whatever was whistling up there can make it to the bottom before we do? No way! It's a mile
1: ladder you have to climb down with no guardrail. There's just no way anything could make it down. I'm more worried about what may already be waiting for us down there. We don't exactly know what happened to all of hanks. What do you mean? They all went batshit, but some of them just disappeared, like Hank the world's greatest himself. A couple ended up in prison, some met a fiery demise. Kinda freakish, more than one burned to death, but... A few just went missing in action. We would wait a few weeks, and when we didn't hear from them, we would just do tryouts and hire a new Hank. I'm wondering if they ever disappeared at all or just somewhere down there, lurking.
2: This seems like an impossible situation. We have one shotgun, there could be multiple bad guys down there, and that voice, that booming voice, I don't think it needs to catch an elevator to and from places.
1: I have a plan. The only way to cut the power is down in the recording studio. We make it to the circuit breaker. We can cut the power. After that, we have 15 minutes until the backup generators start. We cut the power, this motherfucker has nothing to run on. Now I think, I think HostBot9000 was the body Hank the World's Greatest had built for himself. Without power, it can't run.
2: But you and I, Alexander Nash, destroyed HostBot9000, you says?
1: Yeah. Well, it must have found a way to rebuild itself. I I don't have an explanation. We'll find out how fucked we are the moment the elevator doors open up. But I think if we can just get to the book, or books, while the power is out, we can find a way. I just want to save my mom. I don't know when she became a robot.
2: God, I don't know when anyone did. Do you think J. Willie was a robot the whole time? If it was all a trap, then we're still falling for it. I don't. I don't think so.
1: I can't be certain about my mother, but Jay Willie. Something was different. Everything was fine until we got ready to enter Death by DVD Studios. Then he seemed to just get nervous. He seemed to change. Like he was upset about what was going to happen. I just didn't know what was going on. He told me he had no option. And then he told me to run. No
2: option?
1: I think Hank takes him. Maybe body snatcher style? All I know is Jay Willie seemed. He seemed to retain some form of his humanity. I don't know. I don't fucking
2: know, man. Did you ever see your mother after the car accident?
1: no no i i I just woke up in the hospital and the strange voice person was in the shadows fucking I alexander nash he told me i needed to come here and that the curse of hank would be broken and that i would know what to do once i got here but that clearly was a trap Hank the world's greatest wanted me here. But why? I think Jay Willie was trying to help, but somewhere, somehow, some way, he got roboticized.
2: We approached the end of all ride, right. Harry Scott laid out the plan. He would go for the books and I would go for the power box. Just turn right after you get out of the elevator, another right left, 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 right, left, another right, left, right, another right, left, 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 right, left, left, right, and then, another left, and I would be at the power box. Meanwhile, Harry Scott would go through the door right in front of the elevator, which led to Hank, the world's greatest recording studio, and look for the books. It was a simple plan. But my nerves weren't having any of it. I had a stinking suspicion something was gonna be waiting for us when we got to the bottom. is there anything else that i need to know before this merry-go-round goes round
1: i think you know now about as much as i do of course as we know if you hadn't executed i alexander nash we would know a great deal more of course
2: Oh, for crying out loud, come on, would you let it go? He isn't even dead, the spider took him into the wall. Oh, well, great, let's just go back upstairs and fucking ask the wall some questions. You got a real problem with yelling at people. Why can't you just let things go? You really are repressed. If there is a chance. Any, any chance. Of killing you and making it look like an accident, I'm getting to the point I am going
1: to take that chance.
2: Ah, oh, come on! I thought we were becoming pretty good friends. Ah! Oh, it looks like we've gone down.
1: When the door opens make a run for it.
0: What lurks beyond the elevator door? What terrors await Lieutenant Magelli and Harry Scott? tank the finale continues on the next episode there's robots and mystery and murder oh my There's blind, there's evil, and there are secrets to find. Let's sure. You can find every part of Who Shot Hank and over 100 horrifying episodes of Death by DVD at www.deathbydvd.com and everywhere podcasts can be found. Death by DVD is recorded in front of a dead studio audience.
2: Portions of today's programming have been mechanically reproduced.
3: and the staff wish you a pleasant good night and good morning. By a fucking future.